So finally, after all the technical difficulties, we are recording now. Yeah, Windows uh, and their updates. I hate the Windows update. Whenever you are switching on your system to do something important, it just pops up saying that you know you have to wait for an hour and keep showing that percentage which never goes up. But anyway, finally we got yeah, we, we we are updating. That's actually one reason why I, uh, I put the laptop to sleep a lot instead of shutting it down. Then uh, the, it has other problems when you put it for sleep. I think it becomes little slow over days. Yeah. So it's all a mess. Okay, let's move on then. All right. So, uh, yeah, welcome to another episode of Writer and Geek Show. Today we're going to talk about submarines. The first time I heard about submarines uh, was while researching about World War again. And then uh, I think it was in the book uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea where it's explored in detail, even though submarines did not exist back then. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it never existed back then, but many crude form of submarines did exist. But the kind of submarine that he is mentioned in the book that didn't exist yeah it was a very futuristic thought from him as usual with all his books we discussed the same in apollo episodes yeah. as well um history of submarine goes little you know back in time almost to let's say 15th century 14th century around though it never existed in reality this concept was floating around and who other than our uh, favorite leonardo da vinci to you know sketch down some images of uh, what it what he called was a ship which could sink other ship he he didn't put any fancy names he just called it the ship to sink other ship and he never publicly revealed those diagrams thinking that the naval watch warfare is going to be really uh, bad in case someone gets this this idea yeah the thing is leonardo da vinci he has actually predicted a lot of things he has even uh, made some uh, diagrams of a plane or something helicopter helicopter aeroplane, yeah. a lot of things so that guy is a visionary and uh, the way things have turned out it's it's mind boggling how he has been able to like predict not predict actually like uh, in a way like vision things which might come in uh, which might happen in the future so yeah yeah so just to briefly explain what a submarine is submarine as a word implies it's something that can you know travel underwater uh, and it can take carry people and uh, you know keep them dry and warm <laughs> that's one heck of an explanation <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, so, <laughs> i thought submarine is something like something that can submerge in water and uh, you know come back yeah exactly it is the same the, thing yeah. now uh, these days it's normally used mostly for uh, military purposes but there are you know other private submarines as well which are used for mostly scientific research and stuff like that um so before we go into the workings of submarine let's go back to the history again so davinzi you know had drawings of submarine which never materialized in real life um and also during the holy roman empire empire uh, in 1500s uh, there's a 
instance where you know a couple of guys um went under water in some kind of a structure yes. and they came out all dry you cannot call it a submarine but you know they all mastered the art of being dry under water somehow maybe they made a bubble in, like big enough to fit them under water yeah a few years later um william bourne a british or an english mathematician i think he was the ancestor of jason bourne or something i mean <laughs> oh wow so early so early we are like 2 minutes or 3 minutes into it and you started okay <laughs> yeah um, so he wrote a book in which he mentioned uh, about an underwater navigation device and also john napier you would have heard him somewhere yeah, in well. mathematics he was a mathematician he also mentioned an invention um in which divers can stay, stay underwater you know breathe and be dry and all that stuff um but all these were concepts never materialized into something concrete uh what you could call as a first real submarine was built in 90s uh, in sorry in 1620 by cornelius drebbel he was a dutchman who was working for king james 1 of england uh his craft was not anything close to what it is right now it was a leather clad uh <laughs> object uh, and it was you know how it was propelled it was propelled using oars like the wow. old greek ships and all that stuff you know peter will be so mad <laughs> yeah thankfully they didn't exist back then you so i think that was fine yeah so this was a early form of submarine and uh, the interest in submarine started you know um, people started getting more interested in submarine uh, in the 18th century because of its possible application in military uh, and other stuff like using submarines in war was kind of uh, interesting topic for few people yeah it's very fancy right uh, to use it in combat you know go underwater and attack them attack yeah. their ships and all yeah very fancy but the major hurdle was uh, to invent a mechanism which will let you sink and come back to the surface um so um one of the major milestones in this aspect was in 1747 by nathaniel simons he had this ballast tank idea patented so what a ballast tank is um so in modern day submarines uh, for it to sink it has so you know this buoyancy forces which act on a body which yeah. you put in water anything that you put into into water it feels less heavy right yeah. so that is because a buoyant force is acting opposite to the force of gravity so in order for an object to sink your uh, buoyancy should go to negative value the way modern submarines do it is by they have this uh, tanks called ballast tanks which is normally filled with air when it is on the surface so immediately for the submarine to sink they just fill it with water so okay. that means the submarine weighs more than water and it just goes down right so that was one critical invention and it was patented back in 1747 it's still used even now the concept is still used okay so those days it was you it was using leather bags filled with water mm. and uh, there was a mechanism to remove the water from bags which will resurface the craft because air will induce positive buoyancy and it will just come up um uh, but the other person had the uh, patent um so all, all these whiles there was no practical use for a submarine um uh, the first time a submarine was used in combat was in 1775 are you serious can you imagine in which which war would that be which was the famous war which was going around in 1775 76 time french revolution <laughs> no 
the french revolution happened after that right 1790 it was 1789 90s uh-huh. this was american revolution oh the revolutionary war that's what war. i meant yeah. <laughs> i just got the name wrong <laughs> seriously so when the americans were fighting against the british uh, there were a lot of british ships which were which were uh, you know anchored in the new york bay right so um david bushnell he was an inventor he invented a submarine one per single person submarine called the turtle um this device or this craft if you can call it a craft was propelled by hand propellers mm. so the person who is piloting it really needed to have a great stamina and it had a lever for uh, you know turning the rudder which would change the direction the intention was to take this go underwater under the ships and plant explosive on, explosives on the hull of the ship on the sides and all that stuff um not because torpedoes were not invented those days you cannot have a long long range or distant or warfare from a distance you literally had to go under the ship plant Please the explosives it. and come back so that was the intention to be in stealth mode uh he tried convincing thomas jefferson who was an inventor again uh, if you don't know jefferson has lot of uh, invented lot of stuff he's got a lot of patents if i'm right yeah so he was intrigued but uh, george washington was little skeptical about this idea and uh, it soon turned out that this was not a very practical thing to do it has zero success rate are you serious <laughs> yeah. okay oh, i thought not. like it's a it's a you know a successful story where he'll go and plant things yeah there were various attempts uh, made you know to do that but it never materialized but though it was a failure it sparked an interest in you know using submarine for warfare um going forward uh so so the propulsion in this as i mentioned was done using a hand crank so the person had to rotate a crank to turn the propeller and make it move forward up and down and all that stuff um so these were all so this was a primitive form of submarine which was used um the first non human powered submarine called the plongeur was launched in 1863 by the french and used compressed air compressed okay. air was used as uh, for propulsion hmm. right and um, the first combustion powered like you know combustion in the sense using heat, heat energy to convert it into motion um was invented in a submarine called insignio the second in barcelona spain in 1864 uh, this was invented by a person called Nacris Montreal i mean the names are a little difficult to yeah, pronounce yeah you butchered it but it's okay <laughs> i'm sure that the yeah, it's not even the way i you know it it might be uh, pronounced a different way but that is the best i can do yeah so that was the first combustion uh, submarine so from that onwards uh, since submarines could be used with uh, engines like petrol engines and stuff like that um that was a big leap in the submarine development going forward so it was in 1860s like uh, they 18. moved from uh, using the rudder and like hand uh, driven stuff in fact it is from 1860s that submarine actually became a submarine because till then it m- feels more like uh, just a shell around a human being right it's okay. nothing more than that uh, but the actual potential of submarine came out only after there was another invention called the torpedo Hmm. which made submarines really effective so torpedo was invented in uh, 1866 by robert whitehead imagine 1866 is a long time back right whitehead yeah i've got a lot of it 
the first steam sub, uh, submarine uh, was invented shortly after uh, this which could fire the torpedoes it was called nordenfelt 1 and had a range of around 240 kilometers this was invented wow. by an english inventor called uh, george garrett and uh, along with a, Swe- a swedish industrialist along with a swedish industrialist called uh, thorsten nordenfelt so yeah uh, submarine yeah there was no use prior to that yeah. like it can just go underwater and come back other than like scientific research or something there's no point of having a submarine but the invention of torpedo it made it lethal yes so yeah it could be used for wars and all that which can be seen i think in world war 1 yeah world war was the time when submarines uh, the the development of submarine grew in leaps and bounds um before that uh, irish inventor called john philip holland built a submarine called the holland holland type in 1896 the milestone with this one is that it had a hybrid engine so hybrid okay. engine by hybrid engine i mean is it used diesel as a fuel uh to run a generator which generated electricity and it drove a electric motor okay pretty much similar to what uh, you know hybrid electric cars yes. are today right so locomotives also diesel lo- locomotives don't burn diesel directly to get power they burn it they run the generators the generators produce electricity and so it's like a small power unit moving across power okay. station right before that everything used petrol so now this was more efficient and the advantage with this one we'll come to that is that when the ship is on the surface you use the diesel engine to power the generators and store the energy in battery when the ship is sinking you need not run the diesel engine the electric engine does the thing Okay so there is no like emission during uh, the underwater which was which was a big requirement because submarines are supposed to be stealth yeah right yeah so this was in 1896 yeah this was in 1896 when the hybrid uh, submarine was invented so we are pretty close to world war so development of submarine was accelerated a lot during the world war and the famous or should i say infamous u boats hmm. are a testimonial to that So um beginning of the war both Germany and England had submarines but England had significantly more number of submarines than Germany Are you serious Yes uh, but then um U-boats came around which were diesel engine uh, diesel powered U-boats it had a range of around 5000 miles and a speed of around 15 kilometers per hour these were really lethal weapons um during first world war they sank almost 5000 ships of the allies oh my god so the thing is underwater warfare was a new thing then right you are not prepared for it you don't have any anti submarine uh, guns or any kind of things they just come across they'll sh- shoot their torpedoes and they'll just sink down to the bottom of the sea and you can never find them again actually it was a war where like most of the things were new tanks yes. airplanes first time used That's why so, that, that's why it was a great war. Yeah. So the thing is uh, in that war in all the fields of warfare air mm-hmm. water and land even underwater. Like, yeah, underwater yeah. There there were like new inventions and everything. Probably like if World War 3 happens we'll see war in space too. Who knows? Of course, but World War 4 will be fought with sticks and stones. <laughs> Isn't Albert Einstein yeah. who said that? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so um, during World War Two, again, U-boats wrecked the complete, completely wrecked the in- English shipping routes, and you know they posed a great threat uh, during the early stages of the war. Um, U.S. also started developing uh, submarines uh, around that time, and they wrecked havoc on Japanese navy during World War Two. The Germans used the Enigma code, you know, Enigma machine and everything, mm-hmm. uh, even uh, with the U-boats. Mm-hmm. So what they did was every information was sent to them through uh, Enigma machine and uh, they used a tactic called ru- Rudel tactic, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, come in wolf packs, like a lot of uh, U-boats will, they'll go together and like, you know, individually going. So what they used to do is like they'll target one space and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll finish off all the ships convoys and everything which is coming there so as a pack it was able to make more impact and using the enigma uh, code it was so much more easier to keep everything stealth yeah before the before british they broke it cracked. weren't they wasn't cracked. was it the british who cracked it or the polish asked, uh alan turing ah yeah along with the group yeah, of polish yeah, but mathematicians some right? places you'll you'll also find the credit given to u.s <laughs> Yeah, of course, <laughs> everything has to be credited yeah. to US. So it's still debated, but yeah, interesting. You know. Yeah, so after the war is when um, there were. I mean, of course, there was no after the war. It was still Cold War period, right? Mm-hmm. Both Russia and US were building more weapons, uh, nuclear uh, stuff. So new invention of nuclear energy that was another milestone where um, the first nuclear submarine called the Nautilus was launched in 1954. Nautilus because that was the name of the submarine in Jules Verne's uh, novel as well. Yeah. In the novel, the ship actually goes underneath the South Bo- South Pole because uh, till then we didn't know that Antarctica existed and it was assumed that South Pole is just polar covered with ice uh, with water underneath. So just to mirror that, Nautilus was the first ship which went under the North Pole on 3rd of August 1958. Okay, instead of South Pole, they went to North South Pole is impossible yeah, yeah. because there's a landmass. So... so uh, they started going, they, they had a mission where they went under the North Pole. Okay, so um, that's pretty much about the history. From there on, it, there have been a lot of uh, development, you know, nuclear submarines and even diesel-powered submarines. Most of the country's own uh, submarines these days. Um, uh, do you know when, so World War, we saw a lot of U- U-boats sinking ships and stuff like mm. that. You know, when which country sank another ship after the war, which was the first um, submarine attack on a ship which happened after the World War. Can you guess the country which did that and which was a recipient? I know, I know, I know exactly because I've read this. Uh, It was Pakistan against India. Yeah, Pakistani (laughs) submarine sank uh, INS Kukri. Hmm. But then we being Indians, we didn't, uh, you know, let it go just like that. We sank... um, a submarine called Ghazi of Pakistan, which was loaned from the US. Okay. Oh, loaned. Yes. So <laughs> And cancelled a few cricket matches. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So, that that's pretty much the history of it. Uh, we have come to the modern times. So, talking a little bit about the workings of the submarine. Uh, how, how does it work? What is a... Uh, how is it built and what powers it? Submarine is has a cigar shaped hull if you have seen the pictures of submarine that is to reduce the water resistance going over the water and underwater is entirely different under the water there's a huge resistance that comes into picture right so they want a streamlined body around which water can flow seamlessly and you know it can glide through uh, 
deep water same like aerodynamic on in the air and you know what is it called water dynamic <laughs> it's it's still aerodynamic city <laughs> yeah. i think so uh, normally submarines submerge to a depth of few hundred meters maybe 600 meters 700 meters is an average it cannot go some uh, you know um, not beyond 1000 uh, meters which was a russian submarine which was capable of doing that um is it the same one which uh, kursk no oh, okay it's a different one. But, but that was a nuclear uh, submarine right it was a nuclear submarine um so the for, for more deep sea uh, you know investigations and stuff they have other things called submersibles mm-hmm. which go which can go even uh, to the bottom of mariana trench do you know who holds the record for going the most deepest into the trench james cameron yes <laughs> i already watched that video i i remember watching one video about that yeah he uh, after i think it uh, there were there was a um, trip down marina trench back in 1960s as well um in a in a craft called bathyscap or something like that but this was 50 years later it was the first attempt by anyone so oh, totally only three people have visited the bottom of marina trench Man, so and far. one of them is james cameron can you believe that it is even more rarer incident than going to moon i know yeah only three people right? yeah Yeah so when did this happen I think this was sometime in 2013 or 11 probably after making the movie titanic of he, was, course, he got was. into like a an obsession with submarines and uh, probably He's, he wanted to do something like yeah, this Yeah it took him two and a half hours to reach the bottom and he spent around 6 hours there and then came back 6 hours yeah. oh, I thought they might have just went down there No 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 he did back. some scientific things as well Wow that's cool Yeah that's cool Yeah so that is what people use for deep sea diving and stuff but the submarine is nowhere close to going that deep because it will get crushed completely um so a submarine has a cigar shaped body and it has something protruding if you have seen there's a bridge kind of a thing it's called a fin um in US and it's called sail in uh, you know uh, Europe antenna aerial same I, I I think I got it the other way <laughs> It's called fin in Europe and sail in the US. Okay. That is where uh, submarines also have a bridge. When it is on the surface, people can come and, you know, uh, observe from the bridge. It is on top of the sail. And it also houses periscope and all that kind of instruments. Periscope is something, uh, you know, through which you can observe the surface. Yeah. Um, early submarines also had snorkels. Snorkels is an air-breathing device tube. Uh, so... Germans came up with this idea because it's a diesel engine they put a tube up to the surface uh, which will pull air into the submarine even when it is submerged under the water it had major problems though <laughs> that's the funniest thing i've ever read the the problem is that you cannot go fast because the snorkel will bl- br- break off uh, second thing is because the snorkel is out on the surface it created a white trail which all the fighters ha- uh, fighter jets ha- fighter planes had to do is just follow the trail go and bomb it off the reconnaissance planes had an easy target a target because of that and when i read this i just laughed out yeah. loud how can they not think about it well you need air that's all right yeah. i mean uh, and if you look at it like a modern submarines all the submarines have a shape of a fish yep probably we should just uh, you know look at nature and like yeah, they uh, they also tried to use hydrogen peroxide as a oxidizer like the, what they do in rockets without having yeah. to carry oxygen uh, you know pull oxygen from atmosphere 
it didn't work out that well uh, success rate was uh, less so they decided to carry uh, batteries instead so mm. that is what the diesel electric was it used to on the surface it will run the generators store the energy in the battery and uh, you know go underground but these submarines had a li- had huge limitations as to the uh, time they can spend underwater uh, they couldn't spend more than few days because diesel engine needed there to you know pump um, create energy again um and diesel also had to be replaced right so that is where the biggest advantage for nuclear submarines came in so once a nuclear submarine also nuclear energy doesn't require air so you, a submarine can stay submerged even for 6 months and come wow. once in one come up the surface once in 6 months another advantage is the refueling time so once a submarine is fueled when it is launched do you know what how long uh, what is the cycle of fueling it again like how many what is the time that you think that you require to refuel that is required to because you asked me this question i know it's like pretty huge so i'll go with something like 5 years so you think once a submarine is launched with full nuclear capacity after 5 years you need to refuel it yeah well it's a long time but it's not 5 years it's 25 years are you serious yeah so normally a submarine's lifetime is 50 years uh, so half when it is half the lifetime is when it requires a refueling and that refueling process is not a small process they in fact do a overhaul of complete submarine uh, they bring the submarine to the docks and they uh, you know rework on everything so during that time it is ref- uh, refueled usually for aircraft carriers also they do the same thing submarines usually 20 to 25 years aircraft carrier 25 years and the whole process almost takes like 48 months are you serious yeah so but like look at the look at the efficiency of that fuel but yeah. of course very expensive fuel right see that's the kind of batteries we should have for our phones no it's yeah. not battery it's nuclear energy yeah i know like our battery should be able to carry that <laughs> yeah. much energy mine doesn't even last for 8 hours <laughs> i recharge twice in a day seriously of course <laughs> i still remember when we were using the 3310 nokia phones i used to recharge it once in a week and still at the end of the week you will still have one uh, block <laughs> left and I, and you used to feel you know that panic panic because <laughs> there is only one block left now it is like you are at the end edge of the danger yeah. anyway so that's uh, the advantage of nuclear submarine um so the way a submarine sinks now as i mentioned earlier it uses ballast tanks um so it has tanks in uh, along the surface you know uh, front and in the middle of the submarine apart from that for in uh, you know faster diving they also have tail planes so you'd have seen rudder like okay. structure uh-huh. behind four fins will be there uh, behind the submarine so moving those planes also the submarine can dive and come up okay so even the bridge has couple of planes so that's like what it. they've used in fast and furious 8 i think of course it you, has to jump yeah, i have not seen the movie but watched, i've seen the scene it was know, too much ah uh, just the final scene if you have watched you'd get to know anyway <laughs> that's like so funny it's like a submarine is a dolphin interesting yeah so yeah um now again when you're underwater you don't have a window or something to see outside you so you're going blind basically right mm. so you need very good navigation and communication equipments oh, so that, so there are like no windows in uh, submarines what are you going to see out of the window under the water uh, it will be pitch dark right yeah that's true there might be windows I'm not sure about them but uh, you're not using those windows to kind of uh, see where you're going so okay. for that they use so- sonar mm. 
Right. So they use sonar sensors, which are, there are two kind of sonar sensors. One is active and one is passive. Active are the ones where the source sends a sound signal into the sea and, you know, it kind of catches a uh, reflection and identifies whether there is something. But this process makes the submarine more visible and less stealth. So they use mostly passive uh, sonars, which can catch the ship's propeller sound from, you know, miles away. So that is how they understand what are the obstacles that they have on their path. Okay, so it takes in whatever uh, reflection is coming from the uh, sources outside the submarine. Okay, that's cool. And I think it also like helps the marine life because using sonar, active sonar is like... It might interfere with their stuff because I think uh, dolphins also use sonar. Yeah, so it's better. And um, the sonar devices are located in the hull, you know, in the front side of the ship or they are towed in lines behind the submarine as they okay. go. It's just to keep it away from the body of the submarine because submarine they, itself produces a lot of sound. Uh, again, uh, talking about the noise, diesel in- submarines have an advantage there over nuclear submarines because nuclear submarines require this cooling pump and all that functioning all through the you know journey and it creates a lot of sounds but in a diesel powered submarine once the diesel engine is shut off it's just electrical energy it's like a tesla you don't hear anything right wow. so that is one advantage we can think about um and modern submarines have internal guidance systems that let them that tell the uh, pilot or whoever is uh, you know uh, operating the Driver. craft. <laughs> I think they are called pilots, wouldn't they? Uh, to as as to the, uh, their location under the water. But these devices tend to go out of sync, you know, become inaccurate over a period of time. So they once they surface, they lock it. They kind of sync it with the GPS and correct it. So that's how they make sure that, you know, it's not going too much into the error mode. So still there are like some issues which needs to be like corrected. Yeah. And when they're on surface, sparingly they use periscope to see, you know, observe around and all. But these days they are not used that much. It was more prominent in the early days during the war and all that. Communication with other ships are carried using low frequency and um, in short bursts to avoid detection. And... Submarine is in a constant state of radio silence. You don't, uh, you know, like what happens in aircraft, they don't keep talking to each other. They are mostly silent. Only when required, they'll keep, uh, they'll, they'll send a short message. So if you want to like contact the submarine, you'll have to just burst it out like in every frequency so that they catch it probably. So going under the water is almost similar to going to space because you don't have breathing air and all that. And now one major requirement under the water is fresh water. Yeah. Though you're surrounded with seawater, that cannot be used for anything, right? So they have this um, electrolysis and osmosis method of generating water. A normal nuclear submarine, you know, requires around um, 30,000 to 70,000 around liters of water a day. Are you serious? Yeah. For what? A lot of things. Does the nuclear reactor to use it? Yes, okay, it does. I thought it's just for like washing because, and bathing. Because <laughs> uh, nuclear reactor heats water and that is what rotates the turbines. That is one thing. And of course, human requirements. That is also another thing. So it has actually come a long way because during World Wars and all that, it was so cramped and, you know. Yeah, I was. Uh, I had watched one small documentary about Indian submarines as well. They are diesel submarines. 
I I I saw something very different. They say water is so scarce that you know these throughout the duration of uh, the mission, which is like forty five days to sixty days, the crew doesn't take shower. In uh, oh. to counter that, they have this disposable kind of clothes which they wear for a couple of days and one shot, like two days, three days, which has some kind of disinfectant which keeps which keeps them fresh and clean. I mean, I wouldn't want that anyway. I want my shower any day. I can't even imagine that seriously. Yeah, so um, water is generated through electrolysis, and uh, carbon dioxide is something that is generated inside the ship because people are breathing, right? And moisture, so they use carbon dioxide scrubber to remove uh, uh, carbon dioxide from the atmosphere of submarine, which is similar to what they have in Apollo spacecraft as well. Um, yeah, fresh water, as we mentioned, reverse osmosis method. The electrolyzed uh, electrolyzed water is used, and again, all that is done. uh the typical cr- number of crew in a submarine is 80 people hmm. um conditions are not that easy uh, difficult situations because of that women were not allowed to be a part of submarine crew till 1985 when norwegian royal uh, so till 1985 when norway decided that to let uh, women join the submarine troops and following that many other countries also let i think uh, latest was britain back in 2013 or something okay that yeah. late okay um so india also owns few submarines uh, there are different classes chakra class is the one which is an attack submarine so there are two kind of submarine attack submarine and ballistic submarine ballistic missile submarine can launch a ballistic missile from anywhere underwater attack submarine is used mostly for uh, you Torpedoes. know torpedoes and uh, war, war with other ships kind of thing so chakra class is an attack submarine which is under a 10 year lease from russia okay okay since uh, i think it we got it in 2012 or something arihan class is a ballistic missile submarine which we own which was commissioned in 2016 apart from these there are 14 diesel electric submarines use in use currently uh, with india hopefully which we own <laughs> Yeah, I think we, they were. They are all decommissioned sub, uh, Russian submarines, okay. which we have bought from them, or something like that. Yeah, so these are the submarines that we own, and submarines are awesome as uh, usual. They are very risky. We know what happened with Kursk. It was It's a, practically drowning, of course, but in a controlled way. Yeah. That is the difference. So, yeah, yeah this is back to Kursk. Yeah, that was a tragedy which happened. Uh, maybe for another episode, it would take more of our time to explain that. So that's pretty much about submarines. They're really cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Uh 